Welcome to the Living Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Preston M. Smith. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Living Artist Podcast. I'm Preston M. Smith, at PMS Artwork Everywhere on Internet Land and Socials. I want to thank you for landing on this podcast. Whether you're a professional artist, just getting started in the art world, a collector of art, or just consider yourself a creative person, this podcast has something for you. I like to think of it as a fun way to rant and talk to other creative people about living the life of an artist, surviving and getting ahead in the art world, and enjoying your life. But most importantly, not waiting until you're dead to make it happen. All right, let's get started. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So anyway... That's a long story, but that's how I started my hedge fund. So what do you do? Oh, I'm an artist. Oh, really? Like, you paint pictures? Yeah, that's right. I paint pictures. Oh, uh, well, hope you got a backup plan, kid. Because you're not going to make any money till you're dead, am I right? Uh, <laughs> hey, come here for a second. Uh, okay. Lean in real close. Oh, okay. Closer. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I think you broke my nose. Oh, who would have thought you artists were so sensitive? Oh, yeah, we're sensitive, all right. He broke the cardinal rule. Actually, two of them. Two things you never say to an artist. One, I hope you have a backup plan. And two, you're not going to make any money until you're dead. That's why I call this the living artist and don't wait till you're dead. And I used to hear that all the time when I was waiting tables. Some idiot would come in and think he's really funny, throwing down hundreds, and he'd be like, oh, oh, I hear you're an artist. Oh, well, you're not going to make any money till you're dead, right? And everybody would laugh. It was like a bad scene from a movie. But that's just ridiculous. That's old software that needs to be updated. Every once in a while, we just need to kind of tell people that they're talking out of their ass and it's time to update the software. Today I wanted to talk about, along the lines of this, a documentary that I just saw, which is called The Price of Everything. It is a documentary from HBO Documentary Films and it is really good. Like I would highly recommend it, but I will say that with a caveat. Don't just jump into it thinking it's going to be all fun and exciting because it plays a lot of these old records, a lot of these old kind of loops of how artists are supposed to be and how they can make money or they can't make money. And it talks about, it's really about the art world and the art market. And when I say the art world and the art market, I mean the top players. And that's what everybody thinks about when they think about the art market or, you know, making a living as an artist. It's like, oh, are you with this blue chip gallery? Uh, what's your art going for? Like, what's your style? Are you just creating the same pieces and creating scarcity? And are your pieces being auctioned off? And, you know, that's what people think about when they think about a really successful artist. 
uh, or at least I, I do. It's an old kind of story that I haven't planted in my head too. And you know what? It talks about that. There's a lot of that kind of milieu in this. A lot of high-end dealers, high-end auctioneers, high-end critics, very cerebral critics, and a lot of like really famous and talented artists. And, you know, I was watching it and some of these people, I'm just going to do the same thing that they do to us artists and I'm just going to label them and not throw anybody's name out there or drag it through the mud and just call them the gatekeepers because that's what they are. The people in this movie, in this documentary, are and epitomize what it means to be a gatekeeper in the art world. And it's really fun. You know, it's fun to see and peek behind that curtain and see what goes on. I mean, they're like auctioning off and selling Richters for like 20 and $30 million. And, you know, it shows this one artist who's like a Nigerian artist. Uh, I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but she's really good. She's living in Los Angeles also. She's starting to really do well in the art world. Her stock is kind of rising, you know, in the art world. And it's funny because she, you know, she just creates like 10 pieces a year because her stuff takes a really long time to create. And it's beautiful, beautiful work. But at one point in the documentary, they show a piece of hers that's being auctioned off at Sotheby's and it ends up selling for $900,000. And, you know, she's doing okay and she's doing well. She's starting to make some money, but she's not at that point where I think she makes reference to not even owning a house at, at one point in the movie. But she's watching it on the laptop. They're like cutting between the Sotheby's auction and her and it shows the piece like the gavel go down, $900,000 sold. And she just kind of closes the laptop and looks up at the camera and goes, eh, well, yeah. And the guy asks her, the documentary filmmaker asks her, well, how do you feel about that? And she's like, well, I, I don't know. And they basically get into it. And it's like, this guy bought a piece of hers at a show like two years ago and he flipped it and he made like 900 grand. And my wife had just come home from work and she was sitting down and she said, well, you know, it's fine. I mean, she makes some money at least. And I said, no, she doesn't. <laughs> she doesn't make any money off that. This person, this was a collector who probably bought her piece for like 10 grand or 20 grand. Hey, 50 grand, whatever. And he turned around and auctioned it off for $900,000 and she gets zero of that. So that's like the old school art world we're talking about. And my wife was like, I'm glad I didn't watch the rest of this. It would have pissed me off too much. And for me, like, I know that, I know the game, I've accepted it, it doesn't bother me at all, but it's, you know, it's unfair for sure. Now, you can auction off your own work as an artist, but I don't know what you have to be doing at that point to be doing something like that. But anyway, so this documentary, The Price of Everything, I would recommend it, but there's um, some people in there, a lot of gatekeepers and critics that are talking about, oh, well, 99.9% of artists are not successful and don't have any money. And I was like, well, that's not true anymore. You know, I mean, you're looking at your little bubble, which is basically like the stock market. And you're thinking like, oh, yeah, some of these big you know, names like Jeff Koons and Ai Weiwei and all these people. OK, yeah, they're making millions and millions of dollars, uh, maybe hundreds of millions of dollars. But that's not like the gauge for artists having money or not having money or showing their work. That is what has changed these days. And I kept thinking like, and wanted to like scream at the television. That's not how it is anymore. Like you guys got to update your software because you're only talking about a very specific percentage of artists and the art world and the art market. And that's changing. Now we've got NFTs and we've got online art sales and a bunch of other stuff that I could go into. But you know, that's how I kind of took some of the power 
back out of the gatekeeper's hands and I've been able to make a living. Like I had to almost remind myself while I was watching this, like, oh, oh, because I was getting upset or I was getting like that old record playing in my head of like, oh, you can't make money as an artist. You can't make money as an artist. And I had to like pause it at one point and be like, no, no, I'm, I am making money as an artist. I'm making a living as an artist. I'm successful. And it was very powerful how quickly that took back over and started playing over like the new tape in my head that I have worked so hard to uh, create. And then finally, when I realized that it was kind of like waking up from a bad dream, like, oh, okay, well, this is fun to watch and uh, interesting, but hey, there are other ways out there now. And they also followed this artist called Larry Poons. And he was around, you know, during the time when a lot of people were really, really skyrocketing in the art world in New York. And he painted these kind of abstract dot pieces, these big pieces, if you're not familiar with him. And he was starting to do really well. And I, they were showing little bits of a documentary that were filmed about him at one point. And, and then everybody's like, he disappeared. The documentary filmmakers are at his house, I'm assuming somewhere in New York, upstate or whatever. And he's got this big spread and he has this big studio out there. He's working with his wife. He's, he's working on these really large canvases and he's still there. And he's like, a lot of people just think I'm dead. <laughs> he's a real character, kind of reminds me of my old professor. And it's just funny because he decided that he didn't want to paint the same way anymore. And in that bubble, in that era in the art world, that was kind of career suicide. And people just turned their back on him. And it was like, well, he's washed up now. But the ironic thing about it was, and this shows you how fucked up the kind of art market can be, how backwards it can be, he's having a resurgence right now. And I don't know if this is 100% true, but this is true. He had a huge opening at this gallery in New York with a big dealer who came in and picked his pieces. And, you know, they're showing him at the end of the documentary with his work out there. And he's doing well. But one of the critics in the documentary basically said, and they pointed to people like him, they said that, well, these kind of market makers, like in the stock market, basically they're these art market makers who just kind of get together and decide, well, who's the most undervalued artist right now? And then they decide, well, let's make him or her or them famous again. Let's get their stock back up so we can turn a huge fucking profit. And you know what? That's money. And you know what? I don't even hate it. I don't even hate them for doing it. It's like, it's money, you know? It's an asset. People want to make money. They want to turn a profit. But if you just look at it purely from a fairness standpoint... Yeah, it's not fair. I mean, this artist chose to go his own path and do his own thing and change his style and and paint. And who's to say that that couldn't have been just as good or or he could have just carried on with that and had a popular career. But this art market was dictating, well, this is not, this is a rule. This is a golden rule that you've broken. So anyway, thank God some of those things are not applicable to us anymore. Or hey, maybe they're still applicable to artists right now, but they don't have to be applicable to you. You can take control of your art career. You can take some of that power back. You can still show in galleries. And hey, you can still show in blue chip galleries if you want down the road. You can still have your work auctioned off down the road if you want and have that raise the stock, your artist stock prices. You know what I mean? But in the meantime, you can take some power back and sell your work the way I'm doing it through galleries through online art marketplaces. You know, you can branch into NFTs. You can sell on social media. You can do all this. I know a lot of artists who are doing very well 
you know, like I'm talking six figures just from doing their own path. Now, if you want to be a huge, big player and, you know, be making the big dollars, like making hundreds of millions of dollars, you might have to play the game a little bit, but, you know, hold on tight to your soul if you're going to do that, because it does take something out of you. And I just think it's wonderful. And it reminds me of why I started this podcast to kind of show that you can break these old, tired molds, archetypes and labels of what, you know, an artist should be or should do or can be and can do. But having said that, it's still fun to peek behind the curtain. So I would highly recommend checking out The Price of Everything streaming on a TV near you. But it's just fun to kind of see behind the curtain, see what the market makers are doing, see how much some of these artists who are skyrocketing are making, see kind of the tips and tricks of the game when you're on that level. And you know what? I got a lot of ideas for career strategies and even like painting inspiration. So it's definitely worth a watch because they have some really good artists on there and they show some really good pieces. And it's just kind of fun to see them loading them in and talking about the work and just seeing some of these collectors who are like trading works for like hundreds of millions of dollars and stuff. And like, oh, I bought this one. Yeah, I bought this one for, uh, this one was 70. And the documentary filmmaker's like, 70 million? He's like, yeah, yeah, 70 million. And uh, now I'm trading it for this. And he, he never writes checks anymore. <laughs> Some of these collectors never write checks anymore. They're just like trading pieces. And it's just information on a page, basically. But I've gone on about it enough. Just check it out. It's always good to know what's going on in the art world, even in the upper echelons of the art world. So hope you enjoyed this episode. Hope it has been inspirational and a little crazy, a little cray cray, because the art world is definitely that. The art market is definitely that. But just focus in on what you can achieve, what you can accomplish in your own little bubble and quiet the noise of people like this and these old records that play in your mind and old people who say to you all the time, oh, you can't make a living as an artist. You know, 99.9% of artists don't make any money. Bullshit. I'm not saying it's 90% of artists make money now, but it's definitely higher. Hey, 15%, 20%, that's a lot better than 0.01. <laughs> so we are rising. Our stock, our overall general stock is rising. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. Thanks for listening to the podcast, everybody. I'll see you next time. Unless, of course, you want a black eye to go with that broken nose. All right, all right, take it easy. I'm done. This has been the Living Artist Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I just want you to know that I appreciate you being here, and I'm grateful to be in your ears. Your art and creative life on this planet is meaningful, so thank you for sharing it with me. If you like this podcast, whatever platform you're listening to it on, please subscribe and share it with your friends. You can also leave me a positive review to show your support. This helps me to reach more people with the algorithmic magic and keep the show going strong. If you want to see more of what I do and check out the art that I create, you can visit my website at www.pmsartwork.com or follow me on social media everywhere at PMS Artwork. That's it for now. See you back here next time.